listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Pogues, happy to be here. Happy to do another episode with you. Happy to continue to talk about films, which in our time are still a concept that exists. Of course, if you are beyond this time and listening to this episode, I imagine film has been replaced by some sort of like crude theater done with shadow puppets on mm-hmm. a dark a dark cave wall uh, during the gasoline wars. Well, which uh, I'm glad you brought this up because on uh, Thursday, I'll be doing my one-man puppet show of Jaws. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. It's going to be phenomenal. Um, I yeah, forget po- how the beginning of the movie goes because I usually don't watch that part, but it'll be fine. Well, it's the woman It's the woman in the, on the beach who's like being thrashed around, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I do that part great. I remember how the I movie mean, very begins. And you're ready to like do like the fingernails down the chalkboard and do the whole line. Oh, yeah. You all know me. You know how I make my living. How's your Dreyfus? About as good as his. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that the best answer? Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, of course, we're here to talk about we're here to talk about yet another comic book to film adaptation. This time, uh, for the first time in a while, diving into a recently brand released brand film. new, brand spanking new. Of course, uh, new movies is a phenomenon we're still getting used to, uh, and we'll have to get used to for a little bit longer here. But Wonder Woman 1984 dropped via HBO Max. Uh, I believe I said that it was available expensively to rent, but I believe I was thinking about something else, so ignore me. Um, but but it's available through HBO Max. Um, it it um, It's a different experience. Uh, I mean, we watch a lot of our movies digitally, mm-hmm. but most of the time when a new feature comes out, we go to the theaters, we keep a weird notebook in our jacket and look like strange strange of freaks to most yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you know? I, I forget the notebook and then have to turn the brightness to, on my phone all the way down and try to hide it as I type <laughs> notes into it. And then they're gibberish because I can't really. I don't. I'm not looking at it. I'm trying to hide it underneath a shirt. Yeah, to keep things uh, organic, I did the exact same thing when watching this movie with my wife. I just, oh, I, I, ca- I sat there awkwardly, like, like flipping through my phone on low visibility, which of course made my wife suspicious that I was doing something illicit. And it's a whole thing. Uh, but uh, needless to say, say, Ben's been sleeping on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good couch i'd sleep on it um but well, i'm glad because <laughs> wasn't an option for you wonder woman 1984 uh of course came out exclusively digitally um well no it's in theaters oh right it is in theaters although i'm sorry i had to bring it up i did see uh, i saw a tweet the other day which was someone saying that um i didn't like wonder woman 1984 so i walked out of my living room uh, which, <laughs> which is a real good which is a real it, it does make you feel a little better if you like start watching a movie that you don't like and you're like i can just stop this and watch something else i feel it's a real roddy dangerfield joke um, it, it is oh i hope i hope in like 15 years there's a new rodney dangerfield just doing <laughs> jokes about the digital age um uh but but we all we pokes my and I kids were able won't to... follow my stories i get no respect anyways keep going <laughs> It's sort of off-brand danger field, just sort of. Yeah, I don't do a danger field imitation. I decided to give up second. My own character. It. It's just like a, just sort of like a, a discount Rodney Dangerfield. I'm just you know Rodney Caution Plaza. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Rupert, just <laughs> keep an eye out. Area park. <laughs> Area park, exactly. Um, but we watched this film at home, all uh, double checking the, the runtime. Two hours of it? 
I think yeah, it was. It wasn't it two hours and thirty minutes. It was long. Is the point I'm making? Uh, I actually watched this movie. On one hundred and fifty-one. One hundred and fifty-one minutes. Yeah, so two hours and thirty-one minutes. Yes, um, that is certainly something. It did actually make good money. It seems having it's, as good as as good as a movie could make right now. Yeah, hundred like about a hundred, a hundred, a hundred uh, mil uh, worldwide, which is which is better than I would have expected for a movie. I mean, I know it is in theaters, but uh, unless you you saw it in Florida, where where people are living their lives uninterrupted by a global pandemic, um, <laughs> I assume just because I you know it's Florida, but um, nobody really cares if anything happens down there anyways. <laughs> But um, sorry for uh, the listeners. It, it was predominantly uh, something everyone watched in their homes, and uh, I I wish I'd watched it sooner because my opinion of the film I think experienced that weird like um, that weird weight that gets attached to your your watching experience when the whole internet gets mad at something at once. <laughs> mm-hmm. I luckily I, avoided that before I watched it, but I ended up with the same opinion. <laughs> My internet circle was relatively polarizing. Uh, uh, I, I I didn't really read a lot about reasons why, but I saw lots of people expressing like extreme opinions uh, in either direction. Although I would say the majority was okay. Negative. Mine's not extreme. Mine's just not. <laughs> I'm not yes. like going to get up on a horse and be like, "Let me tell you why this is the worst film I've ever seen." I don't know why I said horse, but yeah, I don't mean to spoil things for the listener. But I was probably dispassionately disappointed by this movie. Uh, Which is because, a bummer, and we'll talk about why. Because we covered Wonder Woman not well just years Wonder ago. Woman. Yeah, uh, yes, uh, quite a while ago. And and it was one of those few episodes where uh, we spent, I think, more time. My wife was discussing like Greek myth uh, was 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 more of a, a topic than just sort of like slamming bad stuff about it. I mean, obviously, there's sort of a wonky third act, but... Interestingly enough, that recently released when this movie came out, uh, the third act, which we did criticize, especially the ending, uh, was forced by Warner Brothers Studios, which uh, we, they, mentioned, we mentioned during our podcast that the ending felt really out of place, and now we know why, because uh, the yeah. director came out and said they forced her to make a gigantic CGI ending. Yeah, and no, and, and this... but But this movie is a different animal entirely than the first wonder woman they are almost uncomparable movies despite having the same director uh and creator uh yes uh, yeah yeah <laughs> there's just some the movie starts and for a second i was like did, did richard donner direct these because it starts like the beginning of a superman like the not good superman movies which i guess is just to say let's be honest a superman movie uh it was really weird. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you, uh, it, I don't. I don't even know how to explain it exactly. It just it's, feels it like reminded it's... me so much of. I don't know if you remember it because it was not a good movie and we didn't enjoy it. But do you remember um, Superman Two? I was going to say The Wrath of Khan, which is definitely not the name of it. <laughs> I would see it though if that's what it was. Yeah, uh, the beginning of Superman Two. Remember, there's like just all these shots of like people living their lives, and then Superman comes along and like rescues them. That's sort of yes. what this was. Except for, it didn't make any sense. And I didn't really care what was going on. And some of the things that happened, like, the one was, like, a group of girls uh, steal, shoplift some sunglasses, and then knock a bride to her death. If Wonder Woman hadn't been there, those teens committed murder for no reason. No one was chasing them. They just knock a woman off a bridge. 
Wonder Woman needs to go back and get those kids because they're they're sociopaths. They just murdered a person and didn't even stop. They don't even stop. The wound falls off. They just keep running. I was like, this is what the fuck is going on? This is a horrible way to start a movie. Also, something that confused me. I mean, obviously, we, we had to talk about sort of the the uh, uh, Themyscira Olympic scene. Oh yes, that's the actual opening, which is even more weird because there's like but, an opening that then goes to another opening. But but to yeah it is strange but to, to, and also perhaps not um, not even paid out later in the film necessarily no, but it's it's um, Chekhov's opening but but the, the strangest thing about what the sequence you're talking about is despite the fact that Patty Jenkins is um, uh, I don't know her precise age okay so she was born in uh, in the seventies um, I'm confused by the movie because. It, <laughs> It, 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 the interpretation of the 1980s seemed to be explicitly by someone who had not lived through the 1980s. Uh, it, it, it's, <laughs> it, 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 was, it was by somebody who thought the 80s was... Uh, remember, what was it? What was that? Sweat into the Oldies? Yes. It was like they thought that was a documentary on the United States. I mean, I, I was alive in the 80s. I was a child, but I was alive in the 80s. It was not like that. It, it was such an amped up, cartoony version of the '80s, and it was. It yeah. sort of reminded me of Stranger Things versus Stranger Things season three, where they kind of amped up the '80sness, and even that right. wasn't as absurd. This was like everyone was dressed in absurd spandex, and some of them were just on the street. Everyone looked like they were like an extra in a Madonna video. Uh, they had the worst example of punks I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, they, uh, they had a bunch of people with, like, jerry curls, which I didn't, I don't recall that being, like, the only haircut of the 80s, and I'm pretty sure that was, like, a 70s haircut. It was just so bizarre. Yeah, it, 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 and I, it, it, what's so strange about it is that it almost feels like as if the movie was meant to be set in the 80s, and also, like, it was a movie that came out in the 80s. Here's you know the I mean? thing that got me. I think the movie was set now. I think the script they used was written for a film to have occurred now or at least in somewhere near present time, and for some reason, they decided to make it take place in the 80s. Because there's a bunch of things that occur. There's there's moments, like the, the crux of the film, this satellite system, makes zero sense in the 80s. At one point, it turns it like a, you know, old computer monitors from the 80s where they were just one color and it was green and they could only display dots. They They have those turn into TVs. That's not how science works. Like, that's not... You can't make a, a thing that's incapable of projecting a picture. Do it just because you have a satellite. And it made me think. I was like, oh, I think this is supposed to... This Whoever wrote this wrote this for now, where it would make sense that everybody would have a phone. And so when this thing took over every communication, literally every person in the world would see this dude. In the 80s, it makes zero sense. Because if you weren't home, you'd never see that guy. You know what I mean? Like, But they right. act as though there was a TV every four feet in the 80s. And so... Just watching it, I was like, not I don't to, think there's any reason for the movie to have taken place in the 80s. There's and zero to, reason. Yeah, it is much more of a modern premise to have sort of like social social networking, a, a social networking magic plotline, right? It's yeah, kind of what we I, have I think here. The only thing that maybe work. tied in was the nukes, which doesn't make any sense, and oil, but we still are really dependent on oil, so that could have yeah. worked. And that's what sort of got yeah. me, because like, as watching the movie, I was like, oh... What was the point of setting this now? It could have been spent at any point. And it also makes the Batman versus Superman thing confusing because according to her in that movie, she hasn't been Wonder Woman since the end of World War One. She stopped yes. helping people. And, and we even got a scene where Batman has to sort of like 
work out uh, Wonder Woman's identity, like through old photographs from her, yes. of her. And he's unaware that Wonder Woman is a thing. Like he's not aware of like these reports of like a magic woman who's existed. And at this point, Ben Affleck's age, Bruce Wayne's like 15 to 20 in 1984 depending on how old exactly he's supposed to be in 2020 because like he is basically his age and ben affleck was a teenager in the 80s so you know what i mean so i'm like uh he would have definitely heard these reports he's batman how did he not know so she disappears again at the end of this movie but that doesn't appear to be true she appears to be a superhero at the end of the movie fighting crime how does he not know who she is then he was alive during her entire and that's what just made me think i think they wrote the movie having it be like it's going to take place before Justice League or after Justice League. And this is the story. And we're just not going to include the other superheroes. And then for some reason they were like, no, let's set it in the 80s. And I feel like almost in a way it was because Stranger Things was popular. And there was like that crush for like a very small period of time where people were like, the 80s were awesome. And then everybody alive during the 80s were like, they really weren't. <laughs> they were they were okay. They weren't that great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but let's but let's also uh, I guess we have so much to talk about in this movie. Oh yeah, keep, um, because because uh, we open on Themyscira, uh, uh, which can be summed up pretty quickly, which is a sequence I liked uh, when I watched it the you know through because I didn't know that it was going to be ultimately meaningless. Mm-hmm. But I, when I watched it, I was it was really cool to a see the the homeland of Diana, uh, and and it was really cool to see once again be reminded um of of the power of the, like her her people and her training uh it also you know helped lay some precedent for her, her physical abilities you know yes. uh, some of the whip movement some of the uh the parkour jumping although, although yeah we'll, we'll talk about we'll that talk later. about the fucking whip later but but some of the more basic stuff that we like about uh, wonder woman from the first film and 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 some of the some of the sequences in this one but and that was excellent and then the the concept being of of Diana learning that she can't take shortcuts. Literally, she can't. Um, she has to be honest. She has to earn things honorably. You know, yes. these things felt like a lot of theme set up. A lot of a lot of uh, which a lot in of watching palette the setting. I was excited, and as the movie went on, I was trying to figure out how. I was like, because that opening is going to come back. Like she's going to have to earn something. She's going to have to. She's going to be ready. She can't take a shortcut. No, that's not the point of the film at all. The point nope. of the film is, I guess, be careful what you wish for. I think. I don't, honestly, I'll be truthful. I don't know what the fuck the message of this movie was because it not was sure all over the place. Um, and that takes us straight into the mall scene, and then so we jump ahead and we think, all right, now we're going to see a, a different Diana again. It is confusing to see her so publicly, like rescuing people and stopping crime. Yes, in... but she broke a video camera, so nobody like she broke the security yeah. camera, so nobody knows who she is. I don't think that's how that works. People have <laughs> eyes. They would be like, I saw a woman dressed. Oddly, even for this cartoon version of the '80s we're living in, yeah, and, and again, this this is the absolute Donner like tone setting, right? Yes, here. and even the plot, which is these guys break into a jewelry store in the mall, which was a thing in the '80s. I agree, which is a front for stolen antiquities, and their plan is to steal those and do what? Where do these guys think they can sell stolen antiquities? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like they're like, we stole diamonds. I know a guy we can sell diamonds to. I have a Ming vase. I need to unload this. Do you think our normal fence handles this? Oh, no, he handles stereos. But hey, I've got hey, a vase. 
I have a, I have a, I have a silver dais that was stolen from ancient Rome. Do you know where I could sell it? Yeah. Okay. So you want to take a left at the Cinnabon, and <laughs> yeah, you're gonna go to Jared's, but go in the back. <laughs> Don't ask for Jared though. Uh, that's a mistake. Um, but, uh, it, it, irregardless of having stolen goods to sell just don't ask for jared he will not shut up Uh, and Um, and this opening scene is the first moment during this movie where i was like i I think i might have said out loud "Uh uh-oh when she was doing her whip stuff i i was genuinely like this it looks horrible The, the 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 effects are like fine but they have no grasp on physics at all. So, like, if she jumps and wants to start going a different direction, she'll just start going that other direction because she's holding a whip. And so the fight scene is very dumb. She, like, keeps picking people up and tying them and then jumping and then jumping back and then jumping. It's like, just punch them. You can punch through walls. Like, knock them unconscious instantly. Why are you engaging in this really long thing? These people have guns. Yeah, and there's, there's civilians around. No, I yes, agree. so although, many although, civilians. I don't think I just disliked the fight scene. It, it felt so, so sort of goofy, but I don't know. There was like a level of like wacky charm to it that if it had maintained itself in guess, some semblance through the movie, the I would have been okay. Is, yeah, is as the movie goes on, the fight scenes maintain this absurd, confusing use of the whip. And like, I guess here's the thing. When you go to see a superhero movie, like, we both hate Batman versus Superman, right? You guys can listen to yeah. the podcast. Not a fan. What was, like, the best scene in that movie? I don't remember. <laughs> Batman beating those guys up in the warehouse. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, and yeah, even okay. it's not it's not that great, but it's cool because you get to see him be Batman. He's running around. He's, like, whipping stuff and throwing it at people. In this, she's not particularly good at what she does for some reason, which is weird because she was quite good at it 70 years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... It's not been that long since the end of World War One for her. Why did she suddenly forget how to fight? And she seems to be really bad at knocking people unconscious. And I know later she's losing her powers or whatever. But even at the end, when she has her powers back, the fight with Cheetah is probably one of the worst fight scenes I've ever seen in a superhero movie. Yeah, it's movie. bad. It's, it's bad. It's just like two people moving independently of a camera that's also moving like not in the same direction they're just like bouncing off of non-existent objects it was really disappointing the fight scenes are bizarre in this movie because they're bad for more than one reason because yes. this this mall fight scene has it to me it's fine as are some of the other ones um but 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 never good is the problem there's yes. not one good fight scene they're all fine or bad i think is the general problem from my perspective but this one has bad wire work right like she yeah, and that's the thing like i guess weird... that really upsets me like is it just what was the point why not just gail Gadot this... go knows how to fight she's been in other movies where she has like some semblance of martial arts training why couldn't she just actually punch people like this is, what this... was the need for this weird thing with the the whip this is the strange thing is that it's a lasso but this is the strange thing is that, is that the mall sequence is 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 not great because of weird wire work the chase sequence is bad for what appears to be bad prop work. I see a bendy gun. I see like weird like mannequins which, that she which, like lands which, with. Which uh, chase? You mean the chase scene in the mall or in the desert? Yes, that scene was. I, it's just so weird. Yeah, because like it's a car chase. Everybody knows how to film those. They're a staple of cinema. You can go watch any other movie and just steal it because it's hard to copy. You know what I mean? But it's so weird. They 
the people don't know what they're doing they occasionally just stop firing for no reason uh it's yeah and it's it's just not well done yeah but 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 it's a different reason why that fight is bad and then and then again when you when you move ahead to the 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 fight scene with 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 cheetah that we mentioned that's bad for two reasons this the cheetah cgi is criminal it's criminally bad and then the set is really weird. It felt like a, it was the first time in a long time that I saw a modern film and thought, why is this weird set? Like, it felt like a cartoon cardboard set. Am I, yeah. I mean, does that make sense to you? Like, I just yes, felt yes. so fake. Every part of it. And, I, and I felt some like... of them are really noticeable. There was a scene when they go to the White House where the White House looks like, I was like, Can't, couldn't you have just filmed the actual, there has to be archival footage of the White House. You could have just dropped in. It looked like they had just tried to CGI a really piss poor looking building. Yeah, it's it's really strange, and and, and that's the problem. It wasn't there was just like one thing that 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 uh, hamstrung the, the 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 fight scenes in this movie. It's like every fight scene has its own unique flaw that that helps make it troubling to watch. Um, but we need we need to talk about one of the the two one of the two core things of our double villains. Now, listeners of the podcast, uh. you you've listened to the podcast for a while. What do we say about multiple villains? It's Always never worked. I don't, I don't think I can name one movie where I can't name two one. separate villains and it's it worked. It does not work. I mean, I, the closest you get is maybe Dark Knight, but actually, you know, I don't think that's true because I think the Two-Face part is where the movie falls apart. It should have just ended with the Joker. It, it, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, it, it's 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 genuinely uh, 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 never a good idea and it's explicitly not a good idea in this film because we no. get to cartoonish characters one literally one figuratively (laughs) and this is another problem i have with this movie is this movie is built on tropes they are holding this movie up the best they can and they just cannot there's so many tropes in this movie it was deeply upsetting after a while and they start off pretty quick and one of the tropes is nerdy girl nobody respects oh god uh all of a sudden becomes powerful and popular and i was like seriously man like I just wanted there to be more to her character than just this sort of generic which i guess it was a very 80s villain but i mean what they, the, and, and they are both what, going at like 11 what are the characters what are the characters we could mention like this especially from superhero movies because we've got we've got uh uh what's her name uh 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 uh, uh catwoman po- and batman po- returns yeah Cat, uh poison ivy in the batman films as yes. well uh, uh, also in the Batman films, boy, really hated nerds, huh? Uh, yes. The Riddler, the Riddler, yes. Jim Carrey's the Riddler. Um, the Catwoman movie. Remember, she's like a really mousy, nerdy uh, designer, and then she Here's becomes the like this sexual being. If there's anywhere being a nerd would do you a service, it would be in a major museum. Yes, yes. <laughs> she walks in and she sees this doctor who is supposed to be like so hip. I'm like, you're a fucking either scientist or historian working for the Smithsonian. You're not cool. And even if you were, you certainly wouldn't be like, I'm so tired of nerds. You know what I mean? Like, you <laughs> think you're cool, but you're not going to shit on the very person you are. You know what, bro? I'm so sick of these fucking nerds in this fucking museum. Let's go identify some ancient artifacts. Come on, bro. We're out of here. <laughs> it was, I could not, when they did, I was like, are they aware they're setting this movie in the Smithsonian? The most famous museum <laughs> in the United States? Yeah, and then, it's like, so I, strange. I don't know. And then the question is, is she good at her job? Who, because, Diana? As no, as I can tell her, oh, what's her no, name? No, Chris, Kristen Wiig, because 
she's a nerd. Yeah, she's awkward and clumsy, sure. But like, also when she gets her artifact, she's like, I don't know what any of these are. This is hard. I can't. I can't read Latin. I'm like, the, what do you do here? Got me was when she was like, I can't read Latin. It's like <laughs> you were described as a person whose job it is is to identify artifacts. I would think you would want to pick up just a smidge of Latin at the very least to know. Just vaguely what... I, I get if you were like, I don't speak hieroglyphics, because that's a tough one. But Latin's like a language they teach kids in high school. <laughs> I assume a woman who was smart enough to get this degree probably learned Latin at some point. It's bizarre. And it further weakens her character, because at least we could see... Yes. A, ...an intelligent character who could have... Who could, who could be spoken to intelligently. But the problem here is that I like Kristen Wiig. Fundamentally, yeah. Yeah, I think I think Gal Gadot is good in particular roles, and I, this may be controversial. And I don't like saying this kind of stuff because I hate being I like being mean to plot. I don't like being mean to actors. Yes. I think I think Gal Gadot has one one um, style. She, I usually yeah I usually like unless we're watching like a Swamp Thing. I don't want to be like these people can't act because like I can't act obviously or I I wouldn't be doing this podcast to be an actor, uh, <laughs> but. In the scene where her and Kristen Wiig go out to dinner, it's like Kristen Wiig is talking to the per. <laughs> do you get, do you know what coverage is? Like, so when they film a movie and there's like a close up of one person, oftentimes the person who's like soft in the front is not the actor. It's a stand-in who looks enough like them from the back. You can't yes, tell. Yes, yeah. And then there's just some person reading the other person's lines. Now, very good actors who are good like scene partners will actually stay for the other person's coverage and still act their lines, so the other person has something to act against. She felt like she was just, like, Chris, uh, Gail yep. Godot was just doing a line reading, as if, like, all right, Ben, here comes your line after I say this. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever be able to love again. And then, like, her delivery of, like, what is supposed to be her basically saying, I'm, I'm heartbroken. I, I, it's been 70 years, and I can't get over it. I'll never love another person. And it comes off as if she's just, like, that wasn't the best salad I had. It was a little, like, the chicken was dry. And I, it was the first time, like, you know, I, I, you said I hate to say it. But in watching that, I was like, I remember her being better in the first movie. The the Yeah, yes. I had a, a hard time. And after thinking about it, I really do think it's a dialogue. That lunch. You that yeah, lunch the dialogue's scene? not great either. But, like, she just did not seem to be selling it. No, no. She was, she, neither was really bringing an excellent performance. But more importantly, the dialogue was trash. This oh, is yeah. the... Their conversation at lunch was one of the first times the two characters like have a serious interaction. I wrote down three lines from it. It's like a it's like a it's like a t- ten line scene. Uh, three of the lines are "You're so funny," yes, I I've never been popular, and "You're so personable." These aren't how human beings talk. Yes. They are not how human beings talk. I th- I have many friends I think is funny, but when they make a joke, I don't go, "Oh boy, Pogues, you're so funny." And no one else, says that. Nobody... There's also a point where she's saying that she's unpopular, and she's like, I imagine you're so popular. And then her way of describing, like, I I know this will be hard to believe, dear listener, a guy who has a podcast about comic book movies, but I was a nerd my entire life. I grew up a nerd. I was very awkward. I know what it, I would never to describe to a person who was popular, be like, oh, I bet, you know, you'd be like, I'm sure you don't have any problem talking to girls. I wouldn't be like, oh, I bet you, girl. It was like, just the way she, everything about it was just so awkward. And not like true awkward, just like poorly written awkward. I didn't like it. 
No, no, it's it's really clumsy. I mean, again, just no one. I, I've never. I would never be talking to a person I just met and just tell them they're personable or or say I've never been popular. I, I've never they, said to a person in my life, "You're very personable." I don't think you know, I've described said, somebody to someone else as personable, but I'd never say it to. A, I don't think I'd ever say that to a person. Ben, you're I, very personable. It just I know. Weird. It sounds weird to describe someone's qualities out loud. Like, and maybe that's perhaps, well, but just more an odd quality. More you know, if, I was, if I was to be like, oh, ben, ben, you're so, like, honestly loyal. Or, you know, I mean, it's just like, they're not like a phrase you use. You never tell somebody they're personal. You're like, oh, you're fun to be around. You're fun. You know I like your personality. You know what's more important about them is, is this reminds me of two things. One, when you are writing, uh, a, a, when, I would, when, I, when I did some sketch writing, something was commonly done, and this is the same with, I think, film scripts, is that often at, at, at the, the top where you sort of list the characters in the scene, you will write behind them uh, the briefest of briefest descriptions to help the person who is cold reading it know where they're going from. You'd be like, this person's 50s. They're um, Scottish and uh, they're really ornery, you know? And and that person goes, oh, I know how to start this character off. And that felt like what they were doing out loud as dialogue. They were like, oh boy, you're in your mid-40s and you're personable. Like, it just sounds so strange. I couldn't get my head around it. And, and that it, happened and throughout it, the movie. And it also wasn't like a particularly original conversation. It was a nerdy person saying, oh, X, you're, you're so much better than me. And it's like a conversation that's in 90% of like early 90s romantic comedies. Like, I feel like there was probably a very similar conversation and like, she's all that, you know, like a girl being like, oh, but you're so, you know, personable to a guy or to another girl or whatever. And that's sort of the thing is like, there was so many tropey things in this. And that was, like, one of the big ones. And it was just like, I, you guys couldn't have come up with a better way to explain her character? Why couldn't she have just been good at her job? And then that guy's just very charming. And he just, you know, maybe, yeah, sure, maybe she's lonely. Because that's, I, I'll believe that some people who study ancient classics uh, maybe are a little lonely. I don't think other people who study the same subject are going to be assholes to them for it. Yeah, I, 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 it's just... It really spoke to a bit of a hollowness I felt in this movie, which is upsetting because it's absolutely not what I was hoping to run into when I when I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, but let's also talk about beyond this character because uh, okay. what's funny here is we don't have to talk about more about Diana because we have um, we have we have written we have just now spoken uh, front to back about her character. There is nothing more to learn about Diana. Uh, yeah, I, I would say Diana's character journey is this. Oh, I'm sorry. I, think, I meant um, uh, Kristen oh, Wiig's character. She, uh, yeah, yeah. She's basically done too. But like, I, here's my problem. Is, but, so yeah, Kristen, both, Wiig's, both. Kristen Wiig's character's growth is, I'm a nerd. I turn into a badass. Comeuppance? Question mark? I don't learn a lesson. So it's like, oh, that's a weird character arc. You know, like the way they build her character, her arc should be realizes at a pivotal moment what's what's gone wrong for her quest for being a new person what she's given up changes to allow wonder to aid wonder woman to win redemption instead it's nerd power hungry woman who changes her clothes every 15 minutes uh poorly done fight scene wrap up but there's no wrap up for either and then another important thing is i don't know why she's a cat this is not explained. Yes. Oh, well, her wish, which there's two things wrong with this. 
uh, her wish is, I want to be an apex predator. I don't know if cheetahs are considered an apex predator. I mean, I'm sure they're kind of high on the list, but I think lions are around, and I think they'll kill anything. Uh, but she says, I want to be an apex predator like nothing anybody's ever seen before. So she just becomes a furry, basically. And I was, I was like, well, shouldn't she have turned into, like, a monster? Like, she's just a cat person. That's not really that unique. Those are called werewolves, like... And those have been around forever. You know what but, I mean? But, so like her, but the other problem is you only ever get one wish from the stone. That's the whole point of the movie. You only get the one wish. It's she why, somehow gets two. It's why Maxwell, Maxwell Lord made a reasonably interesting like, like it, choice by becoming the stone, which was yes. a cool plot turn. And I will if, say this. If they gave it rules. If there had been better rules and a better ending... I actually found the Wish storyline very you. interesting, yes. very cool. I was into it. I liked how he was using it. His character kind of fell apart a little, but the problem was the end of the movie and the wrap-up made zero sense. Absolutely. And it, it took what was a cool idea and just kind of shut it off. Because I was like, oh, this is kind of neat. It, it reminded me, not like in a literal way, but sort of of like uh, the Purple Man in Jim in, uh, yes. Jones. And, like and the it's idea a, of a person who's charismatic and has these things, and in this case, he grants wishes instead of just taking over your mind, but he gets something out of it and you don't realize it. I was like, that's a really cool He basically becomes idea. like like a classic interpretation of the devil. He, yes. he, he offers you a wish, which he does grant you, but in return, he takes something from you. And since he's become basically the stone like, sentient, like a sentient version of the wish stone, he gets to pick what he gets because the stone basically the rule is you make a wish and it takes what you most hold dear in a monkey's paw kind of way yes uh so in the case of Kristen wiggs character she was a nice fun loving person i guess she becomes a stone cold bitch was basically what they said at the end of the movie which i thought was kind of a weird character yeah it it takes her humanity which is weird because she's not developed so i don't feel like anything has changed between and, like, the big thing where they're like, oh, you can tell she's lost it is when she beats up a guy who previously attempted to rape her. Yes. I, I uh, Was I known... supposed to be like, I can't believe you beat up drunk guy harassing and attempting to rape girls. Like, a, yeah, a punch known, him. I don't give a shit. A known rapist that has eluded justice. We, we, we watch in the film. Yes, yes. At one point <laughs> grabs you and says, I'm just trying to help you while holding you against your will. I don't really care if he gets punched a bunch of times. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange way... To go about showing that she's no longer the person that she used to be, uh, and then and then she, I mean the only thing we really see beyond that that proves that she's not the person she used to be again who we've given no picture of despite her oh, dominating. Do you know how we time. know she's a good person? Because she gives her leftovers to a homeless man. That's that's true. That's how you know she's a nice person. She cares about one homeless dude. <laughs> Feels like a uh, weird choice because that I mean maybe give that guy some money and a place to stay. But the other thing is, like, why was she dressing like a cat before that moment, too? Like, Why was she constantly in a different outfit, sometimes in the so same strange. day when they would show her? Okay. And she ha- was dressing like somebody who was like, I'm going to dress up like a cartoon version of Madonna. Yeah. I don't know who Madonna is, but I have a vague idea. <laughs> when she had the nice, like, the first outfit with the heels and, like, and, like the skimpy dress, you're like, okay. Yes, which was like a very 80s dress. Sure. Like the, the sort of like uh, blouse dress thing. I yeah. was like, okay, a yeah, I get it. I don't kind know of why thing. she's yeah. wearing heels, but whatever. When she showed up later dressed like 
she was Sid Vicious's uh, ex-girlfriend <laughs> is when I was like, wait, what is happening? What's when did happening? she have time to crimp her hair? Like, <laughs> that takes a long time. I was alive in the 80s. Crimping was not a quick ordeal. Um, but, but this leads us to a good, a, a really useful talk right now, which is, what is the Wishstone doing? I'm really confused because because the Wishstone needed hard, much harder rules or restrictions of some kind. Because, like, the first wish we see is, I think, Chris and Wiggs' character, right? Isn't the first wish we see played out? No, the first wish is Diana's. She doesn't oh, say Diana's. it out loud, though. She holds it and says, oh, I know what I would wish for. And then she sort of looks at it and her hair blows to denote a wish has been granted. There's yeah. a breeze. Also, I don't know how wind and in, in wishes uh, work together because at the end, uh, Maxwell Lord seems to have wind yes. powers, but we'll get to that. Um, but I'm, what I'm confused by is 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 Kristen Wiig's wish is that she wishes, to, I should have written it down, but she wishes to be like... She says, I wish I could be like... Strong. Diana. I wish I could be like popular, as smart as her, as popular as her, and something else. And so this thing knows that she's a god somehow and gives her the literal powers of Diana. Which seems weird. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if I said, boy, I wish I was, you know, Chris Hemsworth, I, would it all of a sudden make me as strong as him and give me all of his money? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You basically are describing a human being. And it, wouldn't it go off of what you think she is? Because it's granting your wish, not a literal, like, I want to be like that person and it's going to give you all of their attributes. Wouldn't it be the attributes you think that are in them that you want? So it was confusing. Like you said, the stone has no rules, which is very oh, confusing. Yeah, and it's hard to figure out why the stone interprets things the way that it does. Because saying I want to be an apex predator, like we talked about earlier, isn't specifically saying I want to be a big cat person from the movie Cats. And if that was true, why wouldn't she have turned into, like, a tiger? Or, or the like, a lion? Or the, or or a the predator, who we, we all know is the apex predator. That's true. It says it in <laughs> the tagline. I've seen a couple of movies that prove it, some that I didn't like. Um, Although I think Donald or uh, Danny Glover may be... The apex predator. In the second <laughs> one. If she had turned into Danny Glover, this would have got this would have got. Yeah, and she was just like, "I'm too old for this shit." <laughs> but how it interprets wishes is beyond confusing. Also, I yeah, guess it's. And, I guess oh, forever, okay. it's always listening to you until you say the words, "I renounce my wish." Is it just what? okay? Yeah. So there. Yeah. I, let's. We'll get into the ending in a minute. But here was the part that I found very confusing. So the wish stone appears. And wherever it appears, it destroys civilization. Right? That's what they said. The Mayans use it and are literally wiped off the face of the earth. They're just gone. No one knows what happened to them. Their whole civilization is just there and empty. It happens in Rome, and I guess the empire is just not as good as it used to be. <laughs> it's still around. They, they, they eke on for a few hundred more years before they're finally completely gone. I was like, wait. This is a very disproportionate, uh, like, evilness of this stone. One, it completely destroyed an entire civilization. And the other one, it was like, we're just going to let barbarians invade you. Good luck. And it also seems to be confusing because how is it destroying an entire civilization? Or is someone wishing for everything to come to a crashing end? Or or I guess, though, is it like, because they're like, it takes the one thing from you. So is it like the king's one thing is the empire or the civilization? But why wouldn't it just be he dies? Wouldn't that be the punishment? Not to see your empire destroyed, but to, like... Or to be, like, usurped? 
Wouldn't that be a better punishment? Because then you'd be alive and know that you no longer have the kingdom? Then it just falling. That's not like that great of a punishment. Denying yeah. somebody what they wanted is a punishment. You know, that's more of a, in this sense. If, if it's if it's truly the monkey paw would be like, oh, I wish that you know the that I you know this was the most powerful kingdom in the world, and then you would instantly be usurped and imprisoned. But the kingdom would go on being the most powerful, and you would just be stuck forever viewing it from a prison cell. That would be the monkey paw of it, like the sort of double edged sword. But it's also, and it was kind of confusing because it's like, oh, it takes the one thing, your actual great, your, like, what you really cherish. So I guess for Diana, what she really cherished was her powers, which did not seem to be the case. What she really cherished was the guy she wished to have come back to life. It's, yeah, pretty confusing. That's what she really cherished. She never was like, boy, I sure hope I never lose my powers. And then Kristen Wiig's character, what exactly did she lose? She lost her quote unquote humanity. But she didn't seem to like being that person. So did she really value being nice? Because she seemed to instantly want to not be nice. She, the only reason she was is because no one liked her. So it's not really this. And that's where the whole wish in this story is just sloppy. And it, it could have been so good. Yeah. I, because, the, again, as we said earlier, the, the, the dynamic of it is really interesting. Uh, cursed wishes, like a superpower, you know? And, and given to, like, a charismatic wacko who's, like, who who <laughs> played by Pedro Pascal? Who I think is like is doing it before every scene is doing a séance to like channel Nick Cage. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I will say this though, uh, his character and his devotion to the weirdness of said character was I like the best part of this movie. He is I selling agree. the most absurd character, and if he there... comes off as like a sleazeball. And then, but the other problem is, is he's set up as being not that bad of a guy. He's just the guy with bad luck and then instantly becomes evil. <laughs> yeah, I would love to have seen, and again, this is the problem. And that's not what villains. he lost. His, his, wish, his, his wish didn't take his goodness. His wish took his son. That's what he lost. So why did he become so evil? You know yeah. what I mean? Because his original actions were not to be like, I want something bad to happen to a person. He just wanted his business to be a success. That's not really being evil. You know, he really just wanted to not be a failure. Because again, you know, it, that's what I mean. Is like, like you said, if there had been more clear rules to the stone, and like, how did he? They never explain how he knows that he can wish to become the stone. Because when he, you would think he would just turn into the stone, like the actual stone, not like a person who has its powers. Um, which let's, let me know another question. I, I don't know if I just missed this. I didn't really have time or interest in going back to rewatch it to correct myself. How does he know about the stone? They never, that's what I'm saying is they never explain how he knows about it, how he knows that if he makes this specific wish, he won't just instantly be killed or turned into a rock. They never explain that. He just has some paperwork on his desk and he'd been looking for it. They don't explain why he knows. And I was like, "That's this is sort of like a faulty part of this movie. He needs to somehow know what he's doing. How does he know? Was he always a bad guy? Because it seems to be he bought a bunch of oil mines that he thought could maybe have oil in them, and they didn't. And now he's basically in a Ponzi scheme that he doesn't want to be in. He didn't mean to create a Ponzi scheme, but he's in one. That's it. And then he becomes this weird god person and then does like the world. I, I don't know. <laughs> 
it's yeah. just very very confusing and when we get to the whole satellite idea it, it completely jumps the shark and becomes this i mean i like yes. the attempt i like the attempt in that it became like a global problem that he's it, trying it, to- i think there could and like i said if it had been now it would have made way more sense because it could have been like yeah it can take over cell phones most not most well i would say most probably a good at least 60 percent of the world has access to cell phones yeah, you but know? There's, there's another problem there because sixty, you know, sixty to eighty percent of the world doesn't speak fucking English. <laughs> yes. Here's another problem: is um, in the the end of the movie. So the end of the movie, if you didn't see it, is uh, after. Okay, first we have to ask. I have to ask this question. Yes. Was the president of the United States supposed to be Ronald Reagan, or was it just supposed to be a different person? Because if it was supposed to be Reagan, I have never seen a worse Reagan impersonation in my entire life. Also, I, if it was the voice to... I'm currently doing is a better Reagan impersonation. Right. Also, if it was supposed to be Reagan, I don't think that would have been his wish. <laughs> no, I do not think so. I believe Reagan would have a much darker wish that would not have made it onto film. Uh, but no, but, but, I, I don't. And, and I, I so don't know what they were supposed to be doing there with the president. So, and there's the there was a scene that was very confusing. He shows up, and the president says, "Boy, I don't remember being here." I was somewhere else, but the wish basically brought him back to Washington, or at least to the Oval Office. In the Oval Office is a series of uh, easels, because, you know, they didn't have computer screens, uh, that have pictures, like these little, like you're in a science fair, telling them about this super secret satellite. Why were those just set up in his office if he wasn't in the White House? (laughs) They just leave super secret documents set up facing a gigantic window? And yeah. then, and thank God they were there, because otherwise, how could how could uh, Max Lord have have seen this? Thank God someone was so careless. This thing can apparently take over every electronic, even if it is not an electronic that can apparently receive the signal that's being sent to it. it it'll work, uh, and he's going to use it to tell everyone in the world that they can wish for whatever they want. And we see him saying it in other countries where he's speaking English, and everyone for some reason does not speak English, but can understand him. There's a Korean woman who hears him say it in English and makes her wish in Korean, <laughs> which I feel like he can't grant that wish because he doesn't know what she just said. But the end is very confusing because everybody is wishing and he's saying, I'll grant everyone's wish. And not one person wishes, because at this point, the world is falling apart. There's threats of nuclear war. There's riots, all this stuff. Not one person is like, I wish things were the way they were. I wish for world peace. Everyone is making a selfish wish. Every person. Doesn't that seem insane? That there it does was seem one insane. Altru- and then but- later, to fix the problem, everyone, every single person. Every single person. So there wasn't one good person 15 minutes ago. Now there's not one person with questionable morals. And I feel like at least one dude in prison was like, I wish I wasn't in prison. I'm not taking that back because I was on death row. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's but, so absurd. It's absolutely absurd, and it it, it references the problem uh, where where I think on this podcast we had a discussion about the scene in Spider-Man Two where the train car full of people all simultaneously yes. agree to keep not Spider-Man. to reveal Spider-Man's secret identity. And I had problems with it because I didn't trust humanity, and this was a good threshold for how much you trust humanity. Um, I had a hard time imagining like 15 people would be that good. I do not fathom that the entire world, including, as we see, terrorists, 
We see yes. a, we see a terrorist with a machine gun wish for nukes, and I guess he's gonna be like, oh shoot, I guess I guess I've learned my lesson, me the terrorist. And and I have to say the other thing that got me was, and I, I, I hate I hate to say this, but like the speech she gives was not convincing. No, it was not a good like in that moment. You need to write the best speech you've ever heard in your life, and it was. It wasn't good. She would have been better off just giving her speech about having to fight for the right thing from the first movie, which was better written. It was just such a lazy, like, I learned that I can't get what I want. It's like, yeah, okay. A lot of people have learned that lesson without getting a wish. Doesn't mean they're not going to still, if they can get out of, you know, some terrible event. You know, I'm sure there's people who are like, I wish my wife hadn't died. No, I'm not going to unwish that because I don't want her to have died. You know what I mean? Like, it, the her her... Her, like, speech to get them to stop doing it wasn't good enough. And it was just such a, a bizarre ending. And then it appeared as though things were still pretty shitty That's after the, he left. That, that is the most insane thing, is after we wrap the wish concept, the wishes all go back, which is impossible. Uh, mm-hmm. Including Maxwell Lord, uh, who has a, a, a reckoning with his son, which is actually a, a good way to resolve that. Um, yes. Except that he runs outside of this secret government facility that I, I it's see, no. based based on the fight scene outside, seemed to be somewhere in like, like the a, ocean, a, a, somewhere in like a, an isolated island in the ocean. He runs out and I guess just finds his son near an overpass in downtown no. L.A. A helicopter, which he no longer has the ability to command the person flying it to take him anywhere, flies him back to the United States and lands him directly near the overpass where he thinks he saw his son, who is now hiding in the woods. And I was like, this is absurd. And he gives like a nice little speech about, I'm sorry, I'm a fuck up. And the kid's saying, no, I always loved you. And him crying. And then his character is just out of the movie. And there's only like 10 minutes left in the movie. And me and Ben talked about this for a minute. I've never seen a film wrap up this quick in my life. It was like, okay, he's good. What happened to Cheetah? I don't know. She looked like Kristen Wiig again. She's out there on that island ocean. I hope somebody left some food out there. Yeah, I guess um, she's I not guess she doesn't Cheetah go to jail. now, by the way. Yes, yes, she's because she renounced her wish. Uh, I guess Max Lord isn't going to go to prison now? I, I guess, I assume. I don't know. Uh, everything's also, just back to normal. A good question, end, Pokes. Is, sorry to interrupt, but a good question about I, I, I can't get over it, is that we've also established firmly that, she, that, that, that Barbara... Barbara uh, Minerva has relinquished her humanity. So yes, why she, would she, she? She decides so, to give up. Her so well, that so speech was. If she really abandoned boring. her humanity, what did Diana, uh, you know, uh, also uh, try to compel was, her by? Like, what did she another apply her is, speech to? She was unconscious for part of that conversation, and she was outside where there was nowhere playing the speech. We saw a woman. So she never heard wish, it. We also saw a woman give a wish and then die. So what yes, happened? Because the guy, the guy, <laughs> how does how does she renounce her wish? <laughs> I guess he renounced her wish. She wakes up. He said, "Listen, I know you, I just quick, killed you. You got to renounce your wish. Announce, uh, renounce your wish." <laughs> he he renounces. I'm sorry, I killed this 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 overweight like waitress that that just collapsed. That, that apparently daughter. was like the most racist. Uh, yeah, Warner Brothers was allowed to be where they were like, well, nobody gives a shit if you're racist towards the Irish. Where she says, "I wish all the Irish weren't here," and I was like, I feel like this scene was written different. And they were like, we cannot make that a scene because nobody's gonna want that lady to come back to life. And then, I, but I, I want to imagine the guy realizing, like, hearing the speech and being like, I must, I must relinquish my wish. 
like relinquishing his wish and then running over and trying to convince him. wake her yeah, up and be like quick quick take back your wish that all the Irish should be taken away and she'd be like why he goes, well um a woman in my head gave me a really yes. good speech about it Listen, I don't remember the whole speech, speech. <laughs> she's just like fuck you Patty and just like you know you're like damn it we forgot about the one really racist British person oh, why did we revive her um, yeah yeah so it, the end of the movie is very confusing and very, and like I said in classic uh, not another origin story fashion uh, would have been better uh, she shows up cheetah's already turned into a cheetah for whatever reason uh, she's helping max lord and diana gives her a speech and says like here's what you lost and she realizes like in looking back oh my god yeah like you know uh, where where is that homeless guy i know he's probably alone and scared because you know the world's ending what's going to happen to him what have i given up to become the person i am and she goes and distracts max lord so that diana can go in and like pull him down or whatever and then diana uses the whip to let him see because here's what i thought was going to happen she was going to put the whip on him and he was going to relive the opening and he was going to learn there's no such thing as a shortcut to succeed because when you cheat it never works out. Yeah. Which was should have been the message. Because that's technically what he did. He took a shortcut to success. No. She doesn't even bring up the beginning. So the beginning is not needed in the movie at all. It's just 10 to 15 minutes. Which, I guess, according to an interview I saw her give, Warner Brothers was like, uh, this doesn't... The opening doesn't need to be here. Just start the movie 10 minutes in. This opening doesn't affect the rest of the film, so we don't need it. And she fought to keep it in. And I'm... I, for the first time, I think I'm agreeing with a studio note, which is you can't Chekhov's uh, opening and then never have it come back. Yeah, it's it's super strange because it, it, if it just had some slightly more relevance, it would be a fun sequence mm-hmm. for everyone and, to enjoy. And it's, um, the ending is just so, like, the satellite system is such a MacGuffin just to get them together. Uh, yeah, I, it, 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 just, it was is. just so disappointing then that the ending is what they come up with. So, I mean, I know we've been ranting about this for like 50 minutes, but real quick, we need to bring up, uh, what did you think of the return of... I was about uh, to say, we, we've been stuck on so many ideas, but there was one thing we haven't even be, been able to talk about yet. Yes, what, I, can't, I, I suddenly Steve, cannot think of Chris Pine's character. Yeah, Steve Trevor. Trevor. Yeah, it's nonsense. It is not Okay, yeah, there's there's two things that are very confusing. One, so he doesn't look like Stephen Trevor. He's just in somebody else's body. That that wish rock fucking sucks. Why couldn't it just bring him back? And we see it make a wall. It makes a wall. It can make yes. a person. It can make a wall. Uh, it can kill a person. Uh, a dude can become it. It can turn a person into a cheetah. Uh, it can just create nukes out of nowhere. Why can't he just... Why couldn't he have just appeared and been himself? And Was that, there any and reason? And to be clear, that isn't just me being, like, fun nitpicky. It also fucks up a chunk of the movie. Because maybe I could have gotten away with the idea that Steve is fucking... Uh, uh, what's the movie? Is piloting this man like a mech? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, it's uh, being John Malkovich. Yeah. I, I could maybe get past that if... If if perhaps there was more, like a plot going on that like moved us past it quick enough, but instead of that, the movie <laughs> the movie spends like an hour with just sort of like reviewing Steve and ha- where he's at and how he feels, and then it also takes us to the the man's apartment 
where we hang out for a while. And we watch him do like a montage. And so this was another this was another trope, um, the man out of time, which I felt like I was like, you guys already did this in the first movie because she doesn't know what anything is when she comes to the world. So I guess they wanted to do it as like a juxtaposition because, you know, there's the scene where she keeps dressing up. Yeah. And then there was a So it was like, oh, you know, the subversion, it's the man. But the problem is, is the scenes are just really boring and they're kind of pointless and they're not particularly good. And there's a couple of times he sees stuff like he sees like a modern art statue and she's like, oh, it's art. I mean, he knows what statues are. They he knows in nineteen. He knows what and some art of them is. were kind of weird. Yes, and then he sees a trash can. They had public trash cans in the nineteen forty in nineteen fourteen. He also is surprised by a subway. They had trains in the nineteen forty. More importantly, they've been around for quite a while. Surpri- he's surprised by all these things, but he can fly a modern computerized jet. He gets into a jet <laughs> and begins to fly it. As it, and I'm like, look, I'm not saying that planes aren't hard to fly in 1917, but they're not. Planes like between 1917 to 1940, the amount of different things inside of a plane would have been astronomical. Yeah, a plane in to his fly era a jet, would have been. He would also black out. A plane in his air would have been, I think, at max, five levers. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like a variety yes. of flap contraction, of, of contraptions to move the flaps of the wings would be the predominant and, and a throttle control would be about all it is. This is a tactical fighter jet, which, by the way, is gassed and sitting on the Smithsonian yes. runway? Is I, those planes are not fueled. They would not, le- they would not be fueled. And then also, um, this also has the trope of, I have a new power. Oh, yeah. It doesn't always work until I exactly need it to, and it what will never is come that? up again. It is, and I, it is egregious. She sits there and goes, oh, by the way, if I rub my hands together, it's invisibility. That I did is, it one time with a mug. That is the narrative delivery of you playing, like, like Star Wars with your friend out in the yard, and you'll be like, oh, I have force choke. I'm, I, win the, I win our lightsaber battle. No, you don't. Yes, I do. And it's like, like I get the idea <laughs> of them being like, oh, we want to we make... Uh, Diana's invisible plane canon in the movie. I'm like, okay, I appreciate you guys throwing in the invisible jet from Super Friends and shit. It's funny. Why couldn't she just know how to do that? And why couldn't she use it later to do something else? Like, yeah. don't enter. Why didn't she turn invisible when she walked in to fight Max Lord? She could make herself invisible in that suit of armor. Wouldn't that have been great? He wouldn't have known she was there until she broke all the equipment. Another thought would be, you know, uh, uh, apparently someone had found a variety of old artifacts that uh, were enchanted. What if another one would allow her to do this invisibility? I, you know, I just something yes. easier than this sort of like, oh, by the way, sorry, I forgot. I have a special power that just it, comes it, out of nowhere. Because also, the thank other, God the it other works power, only in this situation. The other powers Diana have sort of like blend into her background. Like she's super strong and fast and 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 you know agile and resilient because she's not a human she's this like sort of like semi demigod kind of character so it that that all plays the fact that a bullet wouldn't necessarily take her down and the fact that she can jump and uh, throw things and, and and just behave in a way that is like 10 times that of a normal mortal that all sort of lines up from her origin and then her fighting prowess comes from the training that all makes sense where is invisibility coming from she like, said uh, zeus hid Themyscira from everyone using his magic powers and she learned how to do it by just trying 
But he's able to do that because I, he's Zeus and has perhaps well, she's, some grasp of, her of reality. Yeah, I, I guess Zeus is her father, is her father in, in this. Yes. It's a whole thing. It's a whole dumb thing. But so they put that in, and I was like, okay. The whole part with the jet was also confusing because I don't think in the 80s there was any jet that could have flown from Washington, D.C. to, I think like, the I Arab re- Emirates yeah. on one tank of gas. Yeah, it's pretty strange. Like, planes now have to land. Also, I looked it up because I was almost certain, but I didn't want to say it. The subway was invented in 1904. That motherfucker knows what a subway train is. He yeah. shouldn't have been surprised by it. I'm, I'm going back to it. It ruined the whole movie for me. No, I get it. I get it. Um, uh, uh, but, but, but the Steve thing is also bizarre because all it really does for us is give us a little bit more of the Steve, like Diana dynamic, which I liked in the first movie. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. And it I like, fun. I like Chris Pine. He's great in this. He's funny when he's, he's delivering he's really good a good line of which he's not given too many, to be honest. Um, they fly through the 4th of July for no conceivable reason. Um, yes, a lot of this movie is that scene though. A lot of this movie is them being like, oh, look. And then like then a thing happens. You know what I mean? Like it's Yes, just... yes. There's the montage with them and him experiencing like present day was like, like again, I assume was supposed to be a juxtaposition of the original movie. But the problem is is it takes up like thirty minutes. It's underscored by a weird opera song for some reason. And it's all stuff we've already seen. Like they didn't really do anything interesting. And then they show up and it's just like, Alright, let's move on. We're going to steal a plane. Here's 10 minutes of us flying. And it was just sort of pointless. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't mind if there's those sort of things, but it wasn't particularly funny. It wasn't really, uh, like, important to the plot. And it wasn't a particularly good rom-com. So really, I'm just watching kind of a boring yeah. like, Match.com date. And Steve doesn't really bring a whole lot into any of the fight scenes you know no they don't really give him a lot to do he's just sort uh, of like occasionally hitting people with a silver tray uh at one point I-, I can't get over how much i hated the road chase sequence um, it's re- it's it's really actually difficult. the whole sequence when they're in you know wherever they are um also she kills those kids yeah she those kills kids, kids die when she falls <laughs> those kids necks snap the instant she hit the ground but it's it, and this whole sequence that takes place in the middle east uh, 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 uh highlights all of my problems that i've been highlighting uh, that i've been mentioning here because you know they they go we have to go where maxwell lord is i don't know why maxwell lord appears mm-hmm. to be bouncing around they, 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 she knows that he's the stone now i guess i guess but he's like bouncing around the world i don't know why they have to like go directly to him. it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because he just leaves there and they all leave there and it's totally irrelevant but she flies there and we don't get a sequence of Diana being intelligent and figuring out where he might be. She just gets in a car and in a taxi, and then they go, "Oh, there he is! Uh, I found him." Yes, and she buys a bunch of yeah. The the way they find out is a man who wishes for everything bought a commercial airline ticket to be flown across to instead of just wishing he was there and saving himself seventeen hours on a flight. <clears throat> He bought a ticket and then apparently left it in his trash can. He left the stub of it, which is not how tickets worked even in the 80s. Uh, and that's how they know that he's going to Egypt. And then they happen to see that magazine. They're like, I bet you he's going to talk to this guy. So we're just going to drive out there. We see him. We buy a cab. There's kind of a boring fight because you're starting to find out she doesn't have her powers. But during the fight, her the amount of power she still has is so up and down during the fight. Like at one point, she pushes two vehicles apart. The next part, she can barely even stand up, and she can't hold on to a rope. So it's like, I don't understand. Is she losing all of her powers, and she's just a person? Does she still have some of them? 
do they come and go like minute by minute and it's just really boring and it's also sort of i don't know to me it was like kind of a weird choice to be like what if we took this person's power so that most of the movie she can't do anything and the the other more offensive thing about this scene is there are four or five visible fucked up practical effects i mean Mm -hmm. and i don't i don't i'll be honest i think this may be like a justice league situation i don't know if most of the effects were practical i think some of them are because like when when steve is on one of the armored cars he kicks the gun sticking out of the thing and it bends at like a 20 degree like a 90 degree angle yes yes that that part is and I and saw it and I was where like, a truck Ugh. flips over. That truck's not real at all, which is like disappointing oh, no, because sure. you know who did it for real? Fucking George Miller and Mad Max. Thank you. Goddamn semi truck, and it looked amazing. They also did it in the Dark Knight, and it worked. And then she—they ruined a street near town doing it. Uh, <laughs> and then she, uh, and then she hits the, the, like she, Steve like launches a missile by hand, and she rides he, it yes. into the sky. And like when she rides it, she has that. When whole... she rode it, I was like. This is the dumbest thing. They could like they could have come up with any way for her to get forward. This is what they picked. It's it's extremely bad, and it's made worse by the fact that you get some of that early two thousand CGI where a person looks so CGI that they're like rubbery. Mm-hmm. Like she just sort of like wobbles into the sky, and then when she grabs the two children and lands, as you said, lethally killing them. Um, mm-hmm. It is it is this weird like stiff plastic dummy that she rolls on the ground with and and then and what i is, don't yeah, usually yeah, the, notice these things they're just yes, so it's very noticeable glaring and then the problem is earlier she seems to be able to be hurt she then lands after riding an rpg and skids across the ground with most of her skin exposed because of her armor and she gets up she's fine she has like one small scratch i don't know if you've seen people after they've been in motorcycle accidents in full leather, you still get the shit fucked out of here. Like, I mean, she would have been covered in road burn and been bleeding and probably been dead. She's losing her powers. And that's where I was, like, confused. I was like, well, she appears to still be basically immortal unless somebody shoots a gun at her, in which case it gives her a little cut. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't even have, like, a, a full-on bullet like bullet wound from the shot, so it's not like she's actually mortal. And which... I think that's... The big problem is, like we said, is it doesn't feel like anything's fully thought out. Yeah, it's it's a lot of half ideas, and and it, it's it, it may sound nitpicky for some of these things, but for things just to have a logical sense about them, even just like adjacent logic that we kind of suspend for movie watching, any of that would be fine. But there's no consideration uh, to these ideas, so nothing feels like it has consequence because you can't have consequence <laughs> without without limitations you know without without uh yeah and I, I think things that would have been better would have been uh if well one i, I know two villains because it never works out never and especially if you're not going to give one of them a redemption arc um but then to give i guess you gave one and the other one just sort of disappeared and it was kind of a weird twist but like it almost would have been better had max found the stone used it is doing something wonder woman shows up and like starts beating people up and he puts his hand on her you know and gets her to wish for steve and trevor knowing that he's going to steal what's important to her which he knows is going to be her powers because he, he controls what he takes and so he's going to be like i'm going to take her powers now i'm now i'm a superhuman and then she has to decide and for a chunk of the movie she's just an ordinary person who would still know how to fight extremely well because she's a part of like a warrior race uh and that would have been interesting and like I 
what, what I find interesting was when reading her thing about uh, the director saying, oh, I didn't like that ending because it was like so much CGI and like bad action. And it really didn't serve the story. That's everything in this movie. There's so much CGI yeah. that's pointless. The scene of, of her with those trucks, I would have much rather seen her just punch a truck and it break and stop. And then she has a conversation with Max Lord and he uses his wish powers to get away. That would have been, to me, a way more interesting turn of events than this really poorly done car chase where he still gets away. Like, you know what I mean? There was no, like, nothing had any stakes or anything to it. It was just really boring. And her fight with Cheetah is, like, really bad CGI instead of just teaching the two of them to do, like, a modicum of martial arts, you know? I mean, like, I think that's what makes, uh, when you watch, like, uh, the Marvel movies is they train those actors to fight. Like, you know, the, the scenes, uh, Winter Soldier, where Captain America's fighting Batrock on the boat, that's two people punching each other. I mean, obviously stunt punching, but the fight looks really good and really dynamic, but it also looks real because it's really two dudes punching each other. When you just have two CGI beings that don't look real fighting each other, it's just as boring to watch. So yeah, I guess that's it, which brings up the question, I think, unless was there anything else you wanted to bring up? Uh, no, uh, the only the only other thing that uh, that came up for me is, is in my notes is that... <laughs> We also get a weird Hallmark Christmas ending, which I didn't like. I don't understand okay, yeah. it. So here, this was the thing that sort of got me. That I, I did not like. Because the first Wonder Woman movie starts with her, you know, wanting to make a difference. Wanting to stop Ares. Wanting to be involved in the world of man, if this is what it was going to take. Falling in love. Losing that and deciding that man is horrible. And she, her, her family was right. It, she shouldn't have left. It was a mistake. But she stopped Ares, so in the long run, it was worth it. The end of that movie takes place in modern day, where she's in Paris. And she decides to start being Wonder Woman again. That's a character arc. This movie starts with her being Wonder Woman, working at a job, really missing her boyfriend, getting him back, giving him up. And the end of the movie is, is her character growth solely that she thinks she may date again? Because that's sort of a not great character growth for the main character of a movie especially a superhero you know what i mean like that's like the end of a hallmark movie like you said a person being like you know what i can get over my husband's death i will date again you're like oh that's good for them good for them but this is the end of a superhero what happened why did she clearly stop being wonder woman again because that's the plot of the other movies that come after this yeah yeah and that's and that's why I like I, I just felt like setting it in 1984 was a mistake. That ending, like you said, is so cheesy. And she doesn't even ask the guy to be like, "Hey, would you want to go get coffee?" So it's not even that good of a wrap up, even for that storyline. It's just this weird thing. And then, yeah, it, it was just confusing. And then I guess we'll talk real quick. What do you think of the after or I guess mid credit scene? Uh, not. I mean, a fan and not a fan. It's a cool. Theoretically, it's a cool way to honor the actress who played Wonder Woman and and make yes, her Linda Carter. Yeah, because because they make up the character that you know fought the way for the for the you know yes. for her 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 her, 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 her uh, race of people her her nation to like live on, which is a great way to sort of like fictionally work in like what Wonder Woman did. You know, it's, it, I like that yes. part, but a fourth wall wink at the camera is not a thing I enjoy. I did not enjoy that, and it also, like, I'm glad they did it, but it was also just sort of raised the question, why didn't you put her in the first movie? Why'd you guys shit on her then? She could have been a character in the, in the movie. They went to London. There's women in London. 
she could have just been there you know are you gonna is this character gonna become a character in the dc universe because i don't think it is i don't think you're gonna bring back minerva or whatever her name was it felt like just being like hey kind of cool right yeah yeah but it was also sort of felt like you know remember in the hulk movie uh there's a scene where lou ferrigno is a security guard Yes. I feel like if the scene was just Lou Ferrigno being a security guard, and then he like you know somebody said something, he's like, "Well, you wouldn't like me if I was angry," and then winked at the camera, you'd just be like so off-putting. <laughs> but you know, good for Linda Carter; she's still still looking good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so I think that's it. So the question is, uh, would you recommend people watch this? Oh, God, uh, yeah. I mean, it's tough. If I, if I look back at all the movies that I said no to. And most of them were real trash fires. Most of those movies, I wouldn't want to put this one next to it in the, in the catalog, you know? Yes. So I would probably say yes. I I would say that I think this movie is flawed, um, and I think I think some of some of the bad reviews I saw were legit. But I think just watching Pedro Pascal was really entertaining. Uh, unfortunately, you don't get enough of it really because of yeah. They they really waste him. I think they waste him a bit, but because they're splitting their time with Kristen Kristen Wiig's character, who's useless. Um, and then like a weird dating montage and a dating montage yes but but maxwell lord and like the wish the 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 wish the the zany wish antics i think is just something new and so i was really excited to Mm -hmm. see it so yeah i would say that this is worth watching understanding that we didn't necessarily love it yeah i I will say it's especially if you have hbo max i would definitely say watch it it's not like you're watching anything new anyways (laughs) (laughs) but I, i would say yeah it's it's probably worth watching if you watch the first wonder woman and maybe you'll you know some of the some of my complaints i i'm sure are very much just my opinion like i i saw a review that said these are these fight scenes were awesome and i thought am i wrong and i'm not because i never am but (laughs) but i was like you know maybe some people enjoy that sort of thing more than me obviously people are very forgiving of bad special effects because it doesn't seem to come up as often as i think it should um so i would say watch it uh i think most people would probably at least somewhat enjoy it and like you said it's worth it for pedro pascal's performance um and there is a kernel of a really cool idea in there and maybe you can just make up your own movie in your head afterwards and that'll be worth it yeah i think i, think... I don't think it's nearly as bad as some of the, i because I, I, afterwards i read a couple and some reviews were just like wonder woman's a piece of shit and i was like okay it wasn't like that bad like i've seen shitty movies we watched wanted that's a shitty comic book movie. Indeed. Like, I would make somebody watch that as punishment. I could not put this movie next to Wanted. <laughs> yeah, and that's what, so I mean, like, it's not good. But honestly, though, in the scale of the other DCU movies, yeah, this is still better than Batman vs. Superman. It's not at the bottom. It's not at the bottom, yeah, that's for sure. I still think it's better than, uh, well, maybe it's not better than Man of Steel. It's, it's better, right, so it's better than, really it's, like, either one of them. <laughs> it's better than Suicide Squad, that's for sure. Oh, Jesus Christ. Suicide Squad is with Wanted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so um, yeah, I would say, I think we both agree, check it out if you have the option to. Yeah. You have the desire. No, I agree. Uh, I agree. Check it out if you want to. And, and, and Pogues, I just wanted to just add in here as just a personal commentary. You know, I think you're really personable and funny. Just um, just, just occurred to me because I laughed at what you said earlier. So I just wanted to say that out loud. You know what I mean? <laughs>